Well, you all know that I plan sermons a year in advance. Well, I think God kind of does it, and I just write them down. When I planned these sermons for 2017, I certainly didn't intend for June 18th to be my final sermon here at Centenary. And I'm a little sad because in the fall, we were going to spend six weeks in the book of James. And that would have been fun. Um, I'm not going to be able to haul an old refrigerator in here on a Sunday morning to talk about filling our souls uh, with junk food. That would have been memorable. That was going to happen later on in the summer. But what we do get to do is to look at this amazing passage of Scripture from Paul's letter to the Colossians. If you were here last Sunday, we, we saw how Paul said that we should put on the whole armor of God. Well, in this passage, Paul's talking about how we need to put on something else, uh, new clothes. He's talking about wearing spiritual clothes. You know, every day we have to decide what clothes we're going to wear. Some of you may not be as um, structured as I am and plan out your your wardrobe for a week, set everything out. You may wake up groggy before your coffee. What am I going to wear today? But depending on where we're going and what we're going to be doing, we wear clothes for different situations. And whether we like it or not, and I guess whether we want to admit it or not, what we wear tells people a little bit about us. It's really true. In a general sense, I don't want to take this too far, our clothes are an identifier of our personalities, our interests, our values. And so Paul uses this symbolism of clothing to make his point that who we are on the outside is an indicator of who we are on the inside. Paul tells the Colossians in verse 12, if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to to follow along. He says that since we're God's chosen ones, set apart from the world, deeply loved by God, the clothes we should wear are compassion and kindness, humility, meekness, patience. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we should put on these virtues just like we put on clothes every morning. Now, Paul's already stated earlier in the chapter, it's in verses 8 and 9, the types of clothes we should take off. Listen to what he says. He says, but you must get rid of all such things, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Don't lie to one another, seeing that you've stripped off the old self with its practices. He says all of these negative things, we've got to strip them off. Take those things off. Before we can put on new clothes, we have to take off the old ones. I mean, you could run around outside and get all sweaty, and man, these clothes are a mess, and you just put the new clothes on. Hey, I'm clean. No, you're not. You still stink. You just have new clothes on. Before we can give our lives to Jesus, we have to ask God to take away our old lives. We can't just put new lives on top of old lives like we just can't put new clothes on top of the old nasty ones. You may remember in John chapter 3, Jesus told Nicodemus that we have to be born again in order to be a follower of Jesus. And when we're born, we don't have anything on. We have no clothes on. And so we're raised and we decide what we're going to be dressing ourselves in. 
Fashion experts will tell you that the clothes make the person. But when it comes to our spiritual clothes, they don't make us who we are. They just reveal the type of person we are on the inside. How we treat other people reveals what type of spiritual clothes we've chosen to wear. So have we put on anger, rage, self-destructive behavior, talking badly about someone, foul language? Are those types of clothes that, that we're wearing? Or have we put on compassion and kindness, humility, meekness, and patience? See, these are the spiritual clothes of a follower of Jesus. And when each one of us is is wearing these spiritual clothes, we're able to forgive each other, support each other, pray for each other. But let's be real. We Christians don't always wear these spiritual clothes, do we? Let's be honest. I often wonder why anybody would want to be a Christian sometimes after seeing how we treat each other. But the solution is right here in our scripture passage. It's in verse 14. Above all, Paul says, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Did you hear what he said? Love is the thread that holds our spiritual clothes together. If we don't love one another, we can't wear the clothes that Paul wants us to wear, these spiritual clothes. Let's be real. We're always going to drive each other crazy. We will. I drive you crazy sometimes. Y'all drive me crazy sometimes. Y'all drive each other crazy sometimes. That's part of life together. We're always going to have disagreements. We're always going to have different opinions. But if we love each other in a spiritual way, We're not going to allow these other things to drive a wedge between us. And then in verse 15, Paul says that the peace of Christ should dwell in our hearts. Think about that term, that, that phrase, the peace of Christ. What might be the opposite of the peace of Christ? Maybe the chaos of the world. Yet how many times do we in the church invite the chaos of the world in here? Maybe we do that sometimes because the peace of Christ doesn't dwell in our individual hearts like it should. See, the peace of Christ is simply the love of Jesus shared amongst people. That's what that is. But Paul says that in addition to the peace of Christ ruling in our hearts, the word of Christ should dwell in us as well. The word of Christ is the truth of the gospel. It's the truth of Christ that represents who God is. And when you combine the peace of Christ and the word of Christ in our lives, we are living in unshakable faith. The peace of Christ combined with the word of Christ gives us the wisdom to teach one another, counsel each other, worship God with one another. Just get along together. 
This combination allows the the church to be the church that God wants us to be. There's some churches that just focus on the peace of Christ. You know, they're engaged in social justice ministry, fellowship times, loving other people. And then there are other churches that just focus on the word of Christ. You know, the church is what you believe. And that's true. That's, That's part of it. So they have lots of Bible studies, focus on having proper church doctrines. But when a church is able to focus on both of these, the peace of Christ and the word of Christ, then we know that we're wearing the spiritual clothes that God wants us to wear. And then finally, Paul gets to the summary of all of this in verse 17. And he says, whatever we say or whatever we do, we should say it or do it as if Jesus were the one saying or, do, or doing it. That's a tough order, isn't it? Not just sometimes. He says whatever we say or do. And in our saying and in our doing, we should give thanks that God's working through us. Can you imagine a church like that? In which the people in the church Whatever they say, whatever they do, they're doing it as a representative of Jesus. Imagine if a church could exist like that. I can. And in fact, y'all, I'm looking at one. That's the kind of church I see right here in Danville. Listen, the reason this is my scripture text today It's because when I look at centenary, I think of this passage in Colossians. I look at a congregation that, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is representing this passage of Scripture. I see a church that's filled with love for each other. I see a church that is unified. A church that's growing not only in numbers but in depth of spirit. I see a church that believes the Bible is unlike any book in history because it's God's revealed message to us. I see a church that is looking beyond the bricks and mortar of this building to become the hands and the feet of Christ in this community. I see a church that is so committed to this congregation that they're able to almost pay off Several million dollars of debt in this building in five or six years. I see a church that welcomes to our fellowship, to our family, both lifelong Christians as well as people who know nothing about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. I see a church with leaders who can disagree with each other in meetings, yet leave as brothers and sisters in Christ. Y'all, when I think about Centenary, I see a Colossians 3.17 congregation. As our family transitions to another place of ministry, and I cherish your prayers. I moved stuff into my office at the seminary last week. I'm like, what am I doing in these ivory towers? Who in the world, what have they done? But as we transition out, 
my prayer and my challenge for you all is that you might continue to live out Paul's charge in Colossians 3.17. You see, the, the spiritual clothes that we wear shouldn't be worn so that we can draw attention to ourselves. Oh, look how wonderful I am. Look how spiritual I am. Look, I'm wearing all these spiritual clothes. Isn't that wonderful? It shouldn't draw people's attention to us. We wear these clothes to draw people's attention to God. Our words and our deeds shouldn't be done as we might say and do them, but as Christ would say and do them. Centenary is not about me. It's not about Sean. It's not about you. Sorry. It's not about Pastor Scott coming in next week. It's not about the style of worship we have. It's not about our ministries. Always, always, in everything you do as a church, point people to Jesus. Stay united in your love for God. And never stop loving each other. Even when people aren't very lovable sometimes. You know, you might be the one that's not very lovable sometimes. Never stop loving them. Never lose the joy that this church is known in this community for having. Don't just talk about holiness. Live it. Keep sharing the love of Jesus with the lost, with the hurting, with the lonely. They're right here in Danville if we'll just open our eyes to see them. They need this church because this church is all about Jesus. These are the types of clothes that I pray will always identify the people of Centenary. So as you march into the future, never forget who you are as a congregation. In this church's 229-year history of being a Methodist congregation, y'all, that's a long time. I've only been the pastor here for 1.3% of those years. I'm terrible at math, Sean. You can check it. Is that about accurate? Okay. Yet, what I've seen in these past three years that I've been your pastor is you all doing more ministry in the name of Jesus than many churches will do in 10 years. Think about that. Doing ministry is great. Having a full church calendar is wonderful. It keeps the staff busy. It keeps us all busy. It gives us stuff to do. But as you move forward in the future, my prayer is that you'll only be engaged in ministries that make disciples of Jesus. Lots of organizations can do lots of things, but what sets us apart is that the church makes disciples. See, the answer to poverty isn't just money. The answer to addiction isn't just treatment. The answer to loneliness isn't just community. The answer to our nation's problem isn't just electing the right people. 
The answer to all of these and any other issue is Jesus. It's people becoming disciples of Jesus Christ. That is what is going to transform their lives. The mission of every local United Methodist Church in the world is no different than the mission of the whole denomination itself. To make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. That's the mission of Centenary. And we get there by wearing the right clothes so that people actually want to be part of the church. And we get there by living this lesson of Colossians 3.17. Whatever you do, whatever it is, in word or deed, do it all as a representative of Jesus Christ, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Think about this. Disciples of Jesus get to represent Jesus to people wherever they go. Does that excite you or scare you? How many of you don't have your centenary sticker on the back of your car because they might see you drive a certain way or go to a certain place? Let's be honest. As Christians, we get the opportunity to represent Jesus to people. We should be thankful for that opportunity. Are you? Are you thankful for that? If you are, then you know you're wearing the right spiritual clothes. If you're not thankful for that opportunity, you might want to go through your closet, find something else to put on every day. Because there's people out there whose lives are miserable. They're empty. They're lonely. They have no hope. This church has what they need. And it's not us. It's Jesus. But we can lead them to Jesus. Because that's what this church is all about. Let's pray.